It's interesting, isn't it? Once we start talking about this stuff, there's actually an awful lot of supernatural stories. <coughs> and um, did, it, did, did folks, did, did you, is anyone kind of still halfway through one that needs to f- finish their story? We get, we're getting there. Okay. So, I mean, what kind of stories did we Did we have any, did, we, did anyone, did you hear any stories to do with um, supernatural provision? So God providing supernatural. Any, any of those stories? Yeah. yeah, a few of those. Okay. What else? Any healing stories? Yeah, a bit of healing stories. Good. What, are, what other kind of supernatural stuff was going on for people? Protection. Protection. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Comfort. Comfort. So God just supernaturally coming in and helping, in, helping you in a difficult time. Visitations. Wow. Okay. Okay. And what do you when you say voice of calling or guidance? What's that? Is that like a prompting or like a more like something that you've heard or both? Both. Wow. Yeah. Wow. My daughter Hannah um, thinks that God might be calling her to go to India to be a missionary when she's old. She's fourteen now um, because she was sitting in her uh, in her class. Um, about a year and a half ago, no, just before it must have been two and a half years ago, because it's before we came to the U.S. And um, and uh, she was sitting, and and uh, someone behind her said, "Hey, Hannah, Hannah," and she turned around, but there was nobody there, and she thought that was weird. I'm a, so she turned back, and it happened again. And the second time that she turned around, she found herself really drawn to this world map at the back and to India. She thought, "What? That's weird. Why am I really looking at India?" And then she went back to her work, and again, Hannah, and she looked around, and there was no one there. She came back and said, this really weird thing happened today, Dad. And so we showed her where, um, you know, Samuel, when he was a boy, we showed her that thing. He said, well, it's kind of that thing. That has happened before, so maybe. So we don't know. I mean, you know, the problem with this stuff is you're never 100% sure. Well, sometimes I guess you can be 100% sure. I'd imagine when Gabriel appeared to Mary, she was 100% sure. <laughs> but, um, but often it's kind of you're trying to work out, is this the Lord or is this the pizza I had last night, aren't you? You're trying to work it out, but... <laughs> But then there are certain things, <laughs> there are certain things that are undeniable. I mean, it's like, yeah, that was definitely the Lord. It's encouraging, isn't it, just to be aware of that. And um, I wonder when, when we get to heaven where, where there, there'll be all sorts of things that actually also happen that we haven't even been aware of. I mean, you know, um, my, my guess is that God is intervening in our lives supernaturally all the time. And it's just an, occasionally, it's like the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Occasionally something happens that we're actually aware of. Um, just on the first slide uh, there, if we can get that up. Um, that I, I like this, this um, thing that um, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He said, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And the reason I put those kids there with the superhero um, capes on is because I feel like all of us have got this, there's this kind of desire in all of us for something that transcends the ordinary you know, things that happen in our lives. You know, I mean, that's why superhero movies have been so successful, isn't it? Uh, there's something in there, and I, th- I wonder whether it's the echoes of Eden. You know, it's like, you know, there was a time where our experience was very different from what it is now, and I wonder whether there's this kind of somewhere deep in our kind of collective memory, there's just a kind of knowledge that something could be more. We know that, obviously, when we're in heaven, it's going to be supernatural all the time, but, you know, kids don't really have a problem with expressing that do they but then we have to kind of grow up and kind of grow out of it even though Jesus says we're supposed to be childlike but I really like that that um, quote because the tradition I grew up in actually frankly um, it was um, 
it was with wise and persuasive words. And um, actually, the, the, the thing that, when, when I was trained, I was trained in a Baptist seminary in the UK, and frankly, the way I was trained was designed that the credentials that I carried that meant that the congregation would listen to me when I preached were that I knew more about the Bible than them. It was about my knowledge. And as time's gone on and we've gone on this discipleship journey, we've realized more and more that spiritual capital is actually more important than intellectual capital. And actually, um, if you've got people who are consumers who just want to turn up on a Sunday and listen to you, then, then they want you to have intellectual capital. You know, they want you to have the knowledge. But actually, as a church begins to become more focused on disciples, they'd rather have leaders who actually, they're speaking out of, not, out of their own experience because they've gone there already, they've done it. It's spiritual capital. They've actually done what they're talking about rather than just knowing a lot. Does, does that make sense? And, um, and um, so it, this is, a, I think, you know, for, for folks from a, um, biblical kind of traditions, that's actually quite a challenging scripture isn't it? Because um, I think often we do have our faith based on wise and persuasive words instead of demonstrations of the Spirit's power. Um, and, um, and yet all of us see demonstrations of the Spirit's power in our lives in multiple times, and then most of us never even talk about it. And um, So that's, that's kind of the challenge. And um, I'm going to finish in a moment, but I just wanted to um, kick off um, the, you know, this, this time we've got together tonight and tomorrow. Um, just with this kind of thought, there are, there are two realms that the Bible talks about. There's the earthly realm and the heavenly realm, aren't there? And um, we can reflect on them because they're quite different. This is just on the next slide. The earthly realm is visible, and we learn to engage with it from the moment that we're born, or even before, in our mother's wombs. And um, we engage with the earthly realm with our five senses, don't we? We see it, taste it, touch it, hear it. That's four. I can't remember. What's the other one? Smell it. So, yeah, so we, we, so we, you know, that's how we engage with the, with the earthly realm, and um, we understand how to, we understand how to make our way in the earthly realm. We understand how to interact with it and control it, and you know, make it work for us and all that through our kind of worldly experience. You know, uh, we we grow in our knowledge and experience. The earthly realm has a set of rules, doesn't it? And and if you learn those rules and you learn how to make those rules work for you, you tend to have a much more comfortable life than if you don't. You know, and, um, and actually, probably the, the generation that we're all in is probably learned those rules better than any generation before them. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the baby boomers, my parents' generation, they, they say the wealthiest generation in history. Um, why is that? Because they'd learned, certain, they'd learned certain principles of the earthly realm, like compound interest and sowing and reaping and hard work and profitability and things like that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're rules, aren't they? And, um, and, uh, and, and I'd suggest that God's given us a tool to, to kind of... We're, 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 at the, we're at the top of the physical creation. We're the pinnacle of physical creation. We were designed to rule over it. So pretty much all of the earthly realm, the visible realm, is, is below us in the order of creation. And God's given us a tool to, to kind of interact with it, which is reason. And through the use of reason, we can um, do amazing things with the earthly realm. I mean, the fact we're, you know, sitting here in a climate-controlled environment, safe from the elements, you know, we've got all the, all the nice food ready to eat. I mean, all of these things are all fruit of the fact that we've learned how to apply knowledge and reason and work it out, haven't we? And, of course, with the, 
with the age of reason came um, scientific method, which basically was applying reason systematically. And um, when you apply reason systematically, you get even better results. I mean, speaking as a non-American, I mean, you guys should know, you, you put someone on the moon. You know, I mean, if you told the ancient Egyptians that people would one day walk on the moon, they would have thought you were crazy, wouldn't they? But how did they do it? It was through, the, it was through learning the rules, learning how, to, how the rules work, and through applying reason, and, you know, going a long way. It was great. But, you know, um, what, what's happened in secular culture is that our modern Western worldview has reduced the whole world down to just that realm. And um, we think that we're wise, but when we just reduce it down to that realm, actually it's, it's stupidity and foolishness because that's not, all the, that's not all of God's creation. God's created more than one realm. He's, in, he's created a physical, uh, visible realm that we can see and another realm, a spiritual realm, which we can't see with our physical eyes. But it's just as real. Yeah? And I think in the West we don't like talking about it much because things that we can't control and things that we can't see basically freak us out. So we'd rather just not talk about it. Yeah? But, I mean, if we're Christians and we believe in the Bible, and it's very clear, isn't it? It's absolutely clear that that's the case. And the invisible realm, the heavenly realm, um, is different. Um, We can perceive it, but you can only perceive it, Jesus said, you can only perceive it if you've been born of the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is living in you. So at the point at which you said yes to Jesus, you may be someone who basically said yes from when you were a child and you've had more of an Emmaus Road-type conversion you know, it's, you, he's been with you all the way, all the time, and there's come a point where you've realized perhaps that that's been the case. Or it may be that you're somebody who's had more of a Damascus Road-type experience of conversion. You know, there was a time where you definitely weren't a Christian, and then bam, and now you are. But, but, um, but either way, at the point at which the Holy Spirit came and started to live in you, do you remember when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus? Nicodemus, it's John 3, I think, is it? John 3 or John 4. Um, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, I know that you're from God because of all the miraculous things that you're doing. And Jesus basically said, this is my paraphrase, basically said, what you're seeing, Nicodemus, is the leaves of the tree moving, but what you can't see is the wind. But if you're born again, then you could see the wind. That's what Jesus said, wasn't it? If you think through, he didn't say it quite that way, but that's basically what he said. He said, those who've been born of the Spirit can see the kingdom. So you're seeing the effects of the kingdom, but you're not seeing the kingdom itself. Now, that's a weird thing for us, if you think about it, because my assumption is everyone in this room is using Jesus' description as being born again. So that means that we can see the kingdom of God. We can see the invisible realm. What does that mean? Well, you don't see it with your physical eyes, do you? I mean, it may be God very occasionally in some people's lives reveals something supernatural to them with their physical eyes. It probably freaks them out. I mean, Daniel, um, you know, the prophet Daniel, when God showed him something with his physical eyes, I mean, I think he fell down as if he was dead for about seven days, didn't it? It took him about seven days to recover. So, but it can happen. But even if you don't have those sorts of amazing biblical-level prophetic experiences, um, Jesus was clear that if the Holy Spirit lives in us, we can perceive the kingdom of heaven. And, um, and uh, it's a weird thing because it's kind of like, what does it mean to start to see with the eyes of your heart rather than see with your physical eyes? And, um, well, firstly, it helps if you know the rules because the invisible realm has rules just like the physical realm does. And um, obviously that's where the Bible comes in because 
we learn our we learn the rules of the earthly realm basically through worldly experience and being taught by the people who've gone there before us the the invisible realm we learn the rules through the bible so you know you're reading the bible and it's teaching you the principles and how it works and here's what i'd say though the rules of the invisible realm are different from the rules of the of the visible realm the rules of heaven are different from the rules of earth um but when the two they they're both true they're both things that god's put in to creation but the rules of heaven are more powerful than the rules of earth so let let me give you an example one of the rules on earth in society as we gather together is this if you don't punish people when they do things wrong society will fall apart you have to have law some sort of law and order you have to have some sort of expression which means if people do bad stuff they'll get caught and they'll get into trouble yeah it's judgment judgment is a really important rule within the visible realm yeah so it's true it's a truth that god's put in but what's it so what's the bible say um <clears throat> talking com- coming from the heavenly position it says mercy triumphs over judgment interesting isn't it judgment is true mercy is more true or it's true as well but it's more powerful you know earthly realm here's a rule of the earthly realm you reap what you sow if you want to have a healthy and wealthy retirement then you need to live a life where you've invested in living healthily and saving money and then you're more likely to it's not not 100% because one of the rules of the visible realm is um random bad stuff can happen <laughs> but generally you're much more likely aren't you is sowing and reaping well what about in the in the heavenly realm in heaven we are heirs co-heirs with Christ inheritance means you get a whole load of stuff that you never did any sowing for you just reap the harvest without even having to have sown isn't that amazing there's a rule there's a there's a higher rule do you see what i mean and one of the things that jesus did was that he walked on earth in the hev- in the earthly realm but he walked according to the heavenly realm's rules all the time and so he did stuff that just looked impossible and uh, he actually asked us to pray for the same thing didn't he do you remember lord's prayer pray this every day whenever you pray your will will your will be done on earth as in heaven i mean we're supposed to be praying for this stuff every day yeah and i'd suggest to you that the heavenly realm is above us in the order of creation the earthly realm is below us we stand between the two the heavenly realm is above us why do i say that well even jesus when he was made to be a man it said it says doesn't it in hebrews that for a little while he was made a little lower than the, the angels so presumably in our unglorified state until we get to heaven we're a little lower than the angels the heavenly realm is above us and i think the lord's given us a tool for the things that are above us in the order of creation just like he's given us a tool for the things that are below us the things that are below us is given us reason the things that are above us is given us faith and um that's why it's so it sounds so arrogant and foolish when you get some atheistic professor who only knows how to use reason trying to use reason to explain away god because he's trying to use the wrong tool he's trying to use uh, something that he he can't you can't use reason to describe something that's bigger than you that's above you that's beyond you we have to learn to use faith and so you know i i we have to learn to use both of those tools and um and we're on a journey as christians to learn how to perceive the supernatural more clearly um and uh, and to begin to press into that because as disciples our main job is to imitate jesus and um i don't know about you one of the biggest challenges to me as i started being challenged myself on the supernatural stuff was 
I always would come back to Jesus, and um, he just did supernatural stuff all the time. And you could say, well, that's fine, he's God. But then he said, you'll do all the things I've been doing, and you'll do even greater things. And, um, and then he said in the Great Commission, go and teach everybody else everything I've taught you. Uh, you know, to me, to try and get out of the idea that we are supposed to engage to some extent with supernatural stuff, you have to do theological gymnastics. You know, if, you, if, the, if the main thing is the plain thing in the Bible, then it's supposed to be part of our life. And, and I think the reason that 3DM have been doing this is because our role has been to try and challenge churches that missionaries aren't just people that you send overseas, that we're all missionaries. And I think what's going on is, as we all recognize that we're missionaries, the kind of things that only happen on the mission field start happening in our backyard because our backyard is now the mission field. Does that make sense? And so I, I would suggest that as you guys, I mean, you, you're here because out of the whole church, you're people who are most engaged with that process of saying, yeah, we, we know that we're called to learn to be missionaries and to reach out. And what I'd suggest to you is that um, if what I've seen in other churches happens here, you're going to find that the miraculous is going to increase, not decrease. And so it's quite helpful if, we've, if we're able to think about it, talk about it, have some theology to handle it that doesn't make us all go weird, but at the same time gives us some sort of handle on, okay, well, let's allow God to break us out of our box a little bit because if we're going to be missionaries, maybe we're going to have some of those missionary stories in our own, in our own neighborhoods and things. And, um, and uh, just to, to finish this, this first session, in Ephesians, uh, first Ephesians, uh, sorry, Ephesians 1, 3, Oh, that was just that little animation was just talking about the rules of the invisible realm being more powerful than the visible realm. And Paul says this to, to the Ephesians, Praise be to God, to, the, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So as we learn to operate in the heavenly realms, that's where we're beginning to see those kind of blessings come to pass. So... That's just to kick us off really and get us going. We're going to do a different exercise now and we're going to come back to this material a bit later and tomorrow. But that, 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 that's really just to get us thinking about it. I hope that's helpful. Thanks, Greg.